Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... One of the hardest things for an aging actor to do is to retire, to give up the stage once and for all time. Unlike most jobs, one does not simply work at acting. One lives it. It's part of your days and nights, even when you're not performing. It's in your blood. And even, I would say, in your soul. Today's mystery concerns one such man, one such actor. Mother... Where is your husband? My... Your husband? My stepfather. I don't know. Uh, Will he be late? It's quite late already. He may not get back until morning. Not till morning. Well, it can wait. What do you mean? I'd like him to be the first... uh, to find your body... mystery drama, Return and Engagement, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by James Agate Jr. and stars Fred Gwynn. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Sinoff, the sinus medicines. I'll be back shortly with Act One. We designed the new Buick Electra to be trim and intelligent. A little science. But we also endowed it with all the prestige and elegance that make an Electra an Electra. A little magic. The wheelbase is the same as some mid-sizes of a few years ago. A little science. Yet the luxury and room inside is thoroughly Electra. A little magic. So while you're feeling wise and prudent about buying one, a little you can still feel very rich and successful when you're driving one. The new Buick Electra. What it is, is intelligence and elegance. They show the appearance of you. The amazing things you see. The cars are just so wonderful. How can such things be? A little science. A little magic. A little science. A little magic. A little science. A little magic. This is Bob Hope. I've spent a happy lifetime on radio and television, and I'd like to put in a good word for the hobby that made broadcasting possible. You see, about 60 years ago, some early radio experimenters developed our first stations. Today, there are nearly a million amateur radio operators around the world talking to each other, standing ready to provide us with emergency communication in time of disaster and still developing new electronic techniques. They have their own amateur television stations and even satellites circling the globe. On some of our trips to isolated spots overseas, my troop and I kept in touch with home through amateur radio stations. You want to know how you can join in? Now that many people are discovering the fun of talking by personal radio, maybe you'd like the really exciting and wonderful world of amateur radio. It takes study, but it's worth it. For free information, write to the American Radio Relay League, Newington, Connecticut, 06111. Like they say, tune in the world with amateur radio. 
great genius of the theater who left us more excitement, more love, more mystery, more knowledge of man, once wrote, All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. Such a man was Roy Rayburn, actor from his toes to his fingertips. For 25 years, he was the leading man on the American stage. And nine years ago, he dropped completely out of sight. That is, until this very moment. There he is. Unmistakably Roy Rayburn, walking alone in the rain across the bridge that spans from New Jersey to New York. His collar turned up. Cars zooming by. I shall kill her. Outright. And not blink an eye. <laughs> Why, I can smile and murder while I smile. I said those words lost in Henry VI. Outright, Gertrude. Quickly. You won't suffer the way you've made me suffer. Hey, you. Hey, buddy. You thought you could marry him and have me put away? Lock me up in an asylum? Hey, buddy. You want to live? Come on, come on. You're holding up traffic. What, are you crazy? You're walking across the GW Bridge in the rain? You want to get killed or something? Hey, you kidding? Is that pajamas you got on under your coat? You, uh... You went going to jump off the bridge? I wasn't. You wasn't? Definitely not. Anything I can't stand in this day and age when everybody's got something to look for is for people to stop living for it. Uh, there are circumstances when you think your life is over. I, I can understand that. Your life is over while you're living? While you're living. People have disappointed you. Oh, come on. Now, Jack, you're not going to tell me a little disappointment makes a guy a suicide. Take your life? You only got one life, you know. Oh, I agree. I, I could never do it. I've... I've got too much left undone. Too much I want to do. Have got to do. So no matter how unhappy people have made me... I... That's the right attitude, pal. Too much to live for. Hey, you want to know something? I saw you walking on a bridge, see? I thought you were one of them, see? One of them, uh... Attempteds. I did, honest. To jump off this bridge, something chronic. I mean, here's a guy walking along in the rain with an old overcoat over his pajamas. What's a guy going to think? Maybe I didn't have the bus fares. And I had to get across the river. Yeah, sure, that's possible. Anything's possible. But whatever it is, you better get yourself some clothes. Because the cops are going to run you in. Well, I, uh, I do appreciate your advice. It's been very helpful. No sweat. I'm what they call street smart. No education, PS 189, and that was it. Uh, you do all right. Uh, what time do you make it? Uh, six o'clock on the nose. I'm going up to the Bronx. I generally get there in time for dinner. It's a long trek to Jersey every day, but it's worth it. We live right under the White Stone, you know? Hey, that's beautiful. Okay, Jack, I'm making a turn on the ramp here. I'll let you off. That's Riverside Drive down there on the right. Oh, I know. I'm an old New Yorker. Okay, then. So you know. Uh, listen, pal, don't do anything I wouldn't do. You. Hey, you. You can't sleep here. It's against the law. 
on a park bench? Since when? They let you do it at night. The days, you better keep moving. Uh, who are you? Telling me I can't close my eyes here. Look at you, you filthy, disgusting creature. <laughs> you better beat it before I call a policeman. I am a policeman. <laughs> and I'm Sherlock Holmes. Take a look at this. Uh, badge. Uh, say, you are a policeman. Uh, why are you dressed like that? Undercover squad. So if you don't mind, on your feet. Well, uh, it it, uh, it was an experiment, my being here, and I and I don't seem to be the worst for it. What experiment? Uh, I thought to myself last night, I wonder what it's like to sleep in Central Park. I look out of my window up there on Fifth Avenue, and I see these poor chaps trying to get a comfortable night on a bench or behind a rock. So I just slipped this coat over my striped pajamas and came out. Uh, you probably were wondering why I was wearing these pajamas. You'd better move along. Goodbye, sir. And this coat, of course, belongs to one of the servants. <laughs> Pretty ratty, wouldn't you say? We have a lot of vagrants in the park these days. Can't permit that. Uh, uh, couldn't agree with you more, officer. Well, uh, goodbye to you. That's what I said to you. Goodbye. Uh, oh, I thought I might sit here a bit longer. Enjoy the sun. Uh, watch the birds. I'm afraid you can't. Unless you got some identification. Uh, no. Um, actually walked out of my house last night without a thought about identification. Why don't I walk you to your residence? Fifth Avenue, you said? Yes, that, that private house in the corner. You can see it quite clearly from here. All right. Let's you and I wander over there. Ah, oh, that's most kind of you, officer, but uh, really it's not necessary. Well, let me be the judge of that. Well, if you insist. <laughs> This is the darndest thing. Would you believe it? I, I came out last night without my key. Did you not? It was all a spur-of-the-moment thing, you understand? To sleep like a bum on a park bench? This house doesn't look occupied. Hmm, doesn't it? What would you say? Lower windows on the Fifth Avenue side being boarded up? Mm, that's right, officer. Um, well, you see, we keep them that way, my mother and I. Uh, now you may leave me here, I'm safe. I'll just go down those stairs, servants in the livery entrance. I'll ring, and they'll let me in. Looks like that iron gate to the basement is padlocked. Are you sure you live here? Padlocked? Mm. Oh, dear, of course. I completely slipped my mind. I let the servants have the day off, and they like to get an early start. Is that so? Your servants have the day off? That's correct. In, in, in fact, the whole week off, I'm loaning them to my stepfather who lives on the island in Sands Point. He, he's giving a big party. needs some extra help. Your stories are beginning to confuse me. I thought you said you all lived here. Uh, some of the time. Most of the time is long out. I think if you don't mind, you'd better come along with me to the station house and explain it to the lieutenant. But I have nothing to explain to him. Uh don't even know the man. Well, just tell him what you've been trying to tell me. That you live on Fifth Avenue, you sleep on a park bench, you have no key, the house you say is yours is boarded up. No. I do not wish to accompany you, officer. Take your hand off my arm. Get it off. Stop that man. Stop him. Boy, that guy's got some punch. My jaw. Stop him. Uh... 
something I can do for you? Uh, yes, that, uh, that pistol in the window. Which one? Oh, yeah, yeah. I suppose somebody pawned it and... Well, I was wondering if you were waiting for them to come back and redeem it or if it was for sale. Uh, everybody makes that mistake. I'm no pawn shop. This is Schmidt's Den of Antiquity. Antiquity. Antiques, we sell. I'm Hermann Schmidt. The pawn shop is next door. Ah, three gold balls hang up there. Yeah, next door. There you sell. Here I sell. <laughs> ah, sorry, I've come in the wrong door. They're closed. Oh, they are. Uh, illness. But no matter. The pistol you're expressing interest for is not in his window, it's my window. I deal in antiques, firearms, breaker bar, small furniture. The pistol is yours. Yeah, I'll get it out of the window. It's quite a collector's item. Yeah. Are you a collector? Of certain things, yes. I would say I am. Here, take it. Examine all you want. Excellent specimen. Fine condition. It's not mint, but fine. Yeah, so it is. It fits my hand well. Yeah, an authentic Japanese Nambu pistol. Very deadly weapon in its day, I'm told. Oh, you, <laughs> you don't have to be that careful. It's not loaded. It's not loaded? Oh. Uh, look, if it's a loaded firearm you want, you better go someplace else, eh? Try some sporting goods store. There are two or three of them a few blocks south of here. Uh, no, thank you. Um, uh, Mr. Um, Schmidt. Uh, Hermann Schmidt's Den of Antiquity. It's a good name, eh? My wife thought it of. Hermann Schmidt, uh, yes. Uh, do you... Do you have any knives or swords? A sword... Give me thy sword, Laertes. Nay, not a dull one. One that is sharp. A sword? Yes, I think we... Exactly what I'm looking for. A sword in good condition, Herr Schmidt. Sharp. Perhaps the kind Hamlet might have used in a duel. Uh, go on, Schmidt. See what you can find for me. buy a sword, the kind Hamlet might have used. What does Roy want with a sword? To play a part in a play? Or a part in real life? Who is Roy after? Is he seeking to punish? Or revenge? Whether Roy Rayburn is bent on righting a wrong or repaying a debt, we shall find out when I return in a few minutes with Act Two. When I was a little girl, just about your age, Sarah, Aunt Jane and Grandma and I spent hours going through the orchards getting the biggest, juiciest apples. Then Jane washed the apples while I unwrapped the Kraft caramels. And when Gramps got home, we all made caramel apples. Oh, they come out so gold and shiny, I couldn't wait to take a bite. You know, it just isn't autumn without them. Kraft caramels make the best caramel apples. The recipe's on specially marked bags, along with five sticks inside. I want that sinus medicine. Headache tablet? No, it relieves headache and congestion, internal sinus pressure, and post-nasal drip. And it has added strength. You mean added strength. Sign off. Exactly. 
Added strength sign-off tablets give you pure aspirin plus 50% more sinus drainer. To help sinus pain while you drain. Right. And more sinus dryer for post-nasal drip. Added strength sign-off. The sinus medicine in the bright red box. Take when needed, only as directed. S-I-N-D-O-F-F. Sign-off. I'm Casey of the Sunshine Band. I'm also Teenage Ambassador for the American Heart Association. You know, when you're young, we learn a lot of things. A lot of good things and some things that aren't so good. What's important is to be able to tell the difference. I'll give you an example. Some kids, when they're still pretty young, learn how to smoke cigarettes. They see their folks doing it or their friends tell them it's cool. But the fact is, it's not cool at all. It's dumb. Cigarette smoking is dumb. It cuts down on your wind. It spoils the taste of your food. Worst of all, the American Heart Association says it's bad for your heart. So if somebody offers you a cigarette, remember, there's nothing cool about putting a hot stick of tobacco in your mouth. If you want to find out more about cigarette smoking and what's wrong with it, ask your American Heart Association. They're fighting for your life. If an actor always plays a villain, does that affect his life off stage or off camera? I'd say no. For example, take Boris Karloff, one of the kindest, sweetest, most softly spoken actors I ever knew. He was the monster in Frankenstein. On the other hand, I've run across a few actors who always played heroic, noble, courageous characters. But uh, in real life, you wouldn't like to know them. Now, Roy Rayburn doesn't fall into either category. His mind seems, shall we say, a little disorganized. And that doesn't help when you're a performer. First, it's a pistol. Now, a sword. What is Roy really after? Uh, how about this uh, Japanese samurai sword? This has quite a history. It's massive, isn't it? Uh, too big, I'm afraid, Dr. Schmidt. I'm not a doctor. Uh, please don't interrupt me. Um, I want to buy something to give my mother as a surprise. What about those over there, over in that corner, uh, against the wall? Well, the, the firearms? Well, they're not for sale. Uh, mind if I take a look? Well, those are authentic 18th century. I got them in an ocean. Came from the Raleigh Tavern in Williamsburg. And I plan to give them to my parents as a gift on their 50th anniversary. <laughs> they love old things. Nice, nice, nice. Um, did you say you were making a gift of these to your family? <laughs> what a coincidence, indeed. Yes, yes. But, I, I mean, uh, there is so much here to choose from. Couldn't I interest you in... Didn't I tell you? I want these fire tongs for my mother. Good weight, too. Well, if I ever run into another set, if you give me your name, I'll let you know. Not the set. Just the fire tongue. But the, the value lies in getting a matched set. I am not able to wait until you find another, Mr. Schmidt. And I do not want a set, just the fire tongue. Yes. You'll excuse me, but please now. Would you mind... Put those back in the corner. Oh, yes, I would mind very much. 
Now, shall we get to business? I don't happen to have any money on me right now, but nevertheless, I do want these. I, I can't break the set, don't you understand? You don't seem to understand, Schmidt. These fire tongs please me. They will please my dear mother. Now, come. Do not make this difficult for me. Yes. I, 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 I don't know what this is all about, and I... I don't want to know. I, please. Don't back away from me. I'm not going to hurt you. Help. 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 Someone. I'm being attacked. Help. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm very sorry, Mr. Schmidt, but my need is greater than yours. I hope I haven't hurt you too much. Very foolish of you, Schmidt. Ah, good. Still breathing. Uh, now for a little money. Just enough from your cash box for my ticket. Merely a loan, shall we say. Now, to wrap these fire tongs, newspaper, and I'll be off. Oh. Ah, the clothes. Uh, you won't mind, uh, will you, Schmidt, if I borrow your clothes, old boy? I'll leave you my old coat and pajamas. Yes, sir, where to? Sands Point. You mean Fort Washington? I mean Sands Point. Sands Point. The Long Island never ran a train there. You go to Fort Washington and then grab a cab. Oh, yes, of course. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I, I forgot. One way of return. And make it round trip. Uh, here's your 250. That'll be 5.50. Five fifty. You've got to be joking. Of course I'm not joking. It's been two and a half dollars for years. What are you talking about? Do you want a ticket or don't you? What am I? Crazy? I paid two fifty round trip out the island just yesterday. Mister, it hasn't been two fifty for ten years. Now will you move along or pay? What is this? You're holding up the line. I'll tell you this. I'm not paying any five fifty for a two fifty round trip. So long, pal. Hey, come back here. Officer, that man killed your package. He stole a ticket. Officer, get that man. Well, look who finally made the station house. Mr. Fifth Avenue Mansion himself. Uh, uh, what are you talking about? Welcome to the precinct. Oh, got yourself a decent suit of clothes. I'm happy to see. Young man, I don't know you, and I am here at the request of the police due to a misunderstanding. You never met me before? Certainly not. Why should I associate with such-looking people like you? Look at you. You ought to be ashamed, young man. Why don't you get yourself a job? <laughs> nice try. Don't you remember saying something like that to me in the park? And then we went to your house on Fifth Avenue? And you had no key. And you socked me right in the jaw. I'm sure about that. Officer, you, uh, uh, you Lieutenant, at the desk, do I have to listen to this man? Yeah, I'm afraid you do, mister. I've been detailed to find out a little more about you, what you do, who you are. Why'd you run off with a railroad ticket you hadn't paid for? It, it was a mistake. An honest mistake about the price of my railroad fare. You're very good at playing these games. Better than most. So, you and I have not met before, huh? <laughs> not unless you came into my shop to buy an antique. Oh, so you have a shop. Does it have a name? Yeah, Den of Antiquity, 22 Court Street. Now, that's a new one. You're also an antique dealer. 
Herman Schmidt. Mr. Schmidt, you wouldn't be able to prove that. Some identification... Uh, uh, here, look at these fire tongs. Yeah, just look at those, huh? Authentic in every detail. From the Royal Light Tavern in Williamsburg. A great find. 18th century. Well, I'm afraid we can't accept fire tongs as means of establishing identity. A driver's license, Mr. Schmidt. Credit card. I'll, uh, I'll look. Perhaps you left your wallet in Central Park where you spent the night, huh? Come on, mister. Who are you? Uh, must have left my wallet into the other jacket. Lieutenant, I think we'd better lock this man up and throw those fingerprints check out. Uh, I meant to say something about that. The, the indignity of that. Taking an innocent man's fingerprints before he knows what's happening. Routine procedure. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait. Wait. Wait a moment. Here. Here. My wallet. Go on. Look. Look inside, Mr. Nosy Beard, the detective. Well, this is something. This is really something. Take a gander at this, Lieutenant. He's Herman Schmidt, all right. That's what all those credit cards say. But look at this. There's 50 bucks here. 50. There is? I, I, I mean, there is. I could have told you that. Well, then what in heaven's name is all that routine with not paying for your ticket? You know, you guys make me so mad. I know what you're up to. You like to play games. Let's try the false arrest game today. All right, here. Take your wallet and your fire tongs and beat it, Schmidt. And if I hear another one of your games, you'll be very, very sorry. Now, get going. Taxi, mister? Uh, where do you go? Take anywhere. Rosalind, Sands Point? Uh, 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 that's where I'm headed, Sands Point. Of course you are. <laughs> You're Roy Rayburn, the actor. Yes, yes, I am. Well, get in, get in. Don't you remember me, Mr. Rayburn? Michael, the taxi man? I had this spot at the station for years. Remember? And then ten years ago, I gave it up and went to Florida to grow oranges. Oh, yes. Uh, shall we go? No, sure, sure. Eh. Remember, I used to wait for you to come out on the midnight train when you were acting in New York. Take you home. Yeah. Uh, why, so you did, Michael. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm falling down on the job. I should have taken that big package from here, put it in front like I used to when you bring costumes and things out. Yeah, I'm falling down on the job. Still the same big old house at the end of Sands Point Road? Oh, yeah. How's the family? Your mother. I haven't seen her since I've been back. I only got back on Monday. <laughs> Here I am with one of my old customers. Uh, turn left here. Yeah, and I haven't forgotten. Are you in any shows on Broadway, Mr. Rayburn? Uh, not at the moment. You were always working. You always had, uh, what do you show people call it? Engagements. <laughs> Actually, Michael, the word is used when you come back to do a revival of an old classic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you did a lot of old shows. Shakespeare... Are you going to revive any of those? I've been thinking about a return engagement. Turn right here by the lighthouse. Uh, ten years is a long time, but some things you never forget. Like when you got me a ticket to see you in Hamlet, right up in front in the second row. Uh, well, here we are. See, is this place overgrown? Uh, Mr. Raven, if you don't mind my saying so, 
you could use a gardener. Those weeds. Whew. Look, um, for old times' sakes, can I uh, stop by one Sunday and clean up a little for you? I'll think about it, Michael. Are you all right, Mr. Redmond? A little shaky there for a minute. No, I'm fine. Fine. Uh, the old feet in the old driveway. <laughs> Funny feeling. <laughs> uh, will you let me stop by and see what I can do? No charge. Oh, no, 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 Mr. Rippon. I couldn't charge you for this cab ride, neither. That's very generous of you, Michael. Uh, hadn't you ought to be getting back? Oh, the dispatcher can wait. <laughs> You're an artist. I'll never forget that Hamlet of yours. I was so rooting for you. And for your mother, the queen, doing that terrible thing to your father and then marrying your uncle. I never forgot. And how hard it was for you to make up your mind what to do about it. How all occasions do inform against me. Yeah. And spur my dull revenge. What is a man... If his chief good and market of his time be but to sleep and feed. A beast, no more. Sure, he that made us with such large discourse, looking before and after, gave us not that capability and godlike reason to fust in us unused. Oh, I can understand that. That's how I feel down in Florida. Unused. How stand I then? That have a father killed, a mother stained, excitements of my reason and my blood, and let all sleep, while to my shame, uh, to my shame, I, I see, I... Oh, Mr. Irvin, your fire tongs they fell out of the newspaper. Here you are. Here. <laughs> Wrap them all up again. Oh, from this time forth, my thoughts be bloody or be nothing worth. How much more truth there is than poetry in the phrase, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. Here is Roy Rayburn bringing to life a character he once played on the stage. Whatever the motive, we don't know yet. But... I suspect there is murder in his heart. Stay with us as we finally cross the threshold of this mystery when I return in a moment with Act Three. There are a lot of things that make one shirt different from another shirt. And one of those things is how fitted the shirt is. Lately, it's been getting pretty confusing. What with the fact that some shirts are tapered a little bit, some shirts are tapered a lot, and some shirts aren't tapered at all. And it's been really hard to tell which is which. Well, that problem is all over. Because the Arrow Shirt Company has made it as simple as ABC to know just how fitted a shirt is. Each Arrow Shirt is now marked A, European fit, B, semi-tapered, or C, regular fit. And each Arrow Shirt package has a picture of each fit right on the package. Meaning you know how fitted your Arrow Shirt is before you buy it. Meaning, when Arrow says their shirts fit good, they do. Just the way you want them to. shirt maker. Hello. Huh? I'm glad you're using your library. What? Who said that? The library is an exciting place. You're a book talking to me? That's right. 
Who are you? Adventure. The voice of an adventure? Yes. Are you something like the Bionic Man? Have you ever thought about doing something really adventurous? Wow, a talking book. They'll never believe me at school. Like riding the range with cowboys of the Old West? Yeah, but that was ages ago. It could be today if you read a book. Really? Or you could go big game hunting on a safari to Africa. With lions and alligators? Right. Or even to outer space with a team of astronauts. Outer space? Boy, that's adventure. Sure, the library's one adventure after another. Excuse me, I'm going to get a book and take a little trip. A little trip? Where are you going? To find an adventure. Great. And remember, use your imagination. Use your library. The library is an exciting place. A public service message from the American Library Association. Roy Rayburn found the front door of his old house open. He walked in and locked it behind him. Hanging in the hallway was the black cape he always wore. His mark, his signature. He put it on. The house seemed darker than usual. Mother? Mother, where are you? It's here, Roy. Hello, Mother. Hello, son. Aren't you surprised to see me? Yes, I am. I'm very surprised, Roy, but I'm trying very hard to appear calm and... And what? Not do anything which might excite you. Oh, am I excitable, Mother? Yes, you know you are, son. Sit down. I think I'd rather stand. <laughs> Funny, isn't it? Son comes home after so many years. How many? I don't even remember. Five years, Roy. Five. Comes home and... He and his mother are only able to make small talk. <laughs> How are you? Hello. Sit down. No, thanks. I'll stand. <laughs> oh, mother. Mother, mother. Well, put your bundle down at least. What is it you've got wrapped up in that newspaper? A present. Oh, how very thoughtful of you. Now, put them down over there by the fireplace. They're quite valuable, I was told. Old American fire tongs. I'm sure they are, but you don't have to keep holding them because they're valuable, do you? Put them down and come sit here by me. You're standing, Mother. When you sit, I'll sit. No. Remain standing. That's the way I last saw you, standing in the doorway, waving to me as if I were just going somewhere, like like taking Hamlet on tour, when they took me away. We all hoped that it wouldn't be for so long. You don't act surprised, Mother. To see you here. Yes, I'm very surprised. I said so. I'm just... Trying to keep calm. Trying to keep calm. And what is there about the presence of your son in our old house that would make you uneasy, Mother? Would it be... 
Could it be because you had him committed to an institution and behold, he appears to have escaped? Hmm? Roy, I wasn't the only one. Everybody felt you needed help. Now, we put you in Hilltop to protect you from yourself. I know you did, dearest Gertrude. Mother. Queen. Murderess. I know you did. Put him away. He knows too much. Roy, listen to me. You have so much wonderful imagination. Yes, Queen Gertrude. I am not Queen Gertrude. I am Gertrude Rayburn, your mother. Not Hamlet's mother. The name is the same, Gertrude. Uh, you must be the queen. You've always been able to project yourself completely into any world you chose. Yes, Roy, that's what made you the extraordinary actor you were. Oh, uh, were. Were, she says. Listen to the woman. Are. Not were. I am still... I can still be, still can play any part they give me. And you will, Roy. But the treatment takes time. Ah, time, time. Uh, two years, five years, seven. Whatever the doctors tell us. Are you here alone? Yes. Where is he? Who? You know who. The man you married in such haste. My stepfather. My uncle. Where is he? Out? He's not here. I know it upsets you, Roy, so let's not talk about your uncle. Upsets me? Why should he want to upset me? Because he's your father's brother. And when I married him... Roy, please. Let's not go into it. I, I don't want it to start up all over again. How did you get away from Hilltop? Walked out, Your Majesty. On my two feet. You are the queen. Your husband's brother's wife. And, would it were not so, you are my mother. Roy, please. Why are you taking that mirror off the wall? Come, come and sit you down. You shall not budge. You're twisting my arm. You're hurting me, Roy. I'll sit. I'll sit. You go not till I set you up a glass where you may see the innermost part of you. Roy, son, listen to me. Your father died a natural death. He was not killed. He was sick and no one could save him. And yes, after a time, a long time, I did marry John. Your Uncle John, his brother. But that happens. I am not a queen. Your father was no king... And your uncle is no villain. Repent what's past. Avoid what is to come. Oh, my dear son, you're breaking my heart. What am I going to do? Let me stay with you, Mother. Oh, no, I can't. Why? My uncle? No, no. I'm not up to taking care of you. When does he get home? Who? Your husband. My uncle. I don't know exactly. He... Will he be late? quite late already. Well, he may not get back tonight. Business... Not till morning. How very fortunate. What do you mean? I'd like him to be the first to discover your body. What? Oh, Roy. 
your poor mind. You believe I'm mad? No, dear mother. It is not madness. I... I'm very tired. I... I want you to sit down in that armchair, mother, facing the fireplace. Sit! That's better. I... I want you to look into the fireplace and remember your sins. What are you going to do? What happened to all the broken furniture, Mother? I, I, I had most of it mended. You're lying. There never was any broken furniture. You told them that, so they put me away. The doctor saw the broken furniture, Roy. I don't like talking to you with you behind me. Can't I turn around? No. Face the cold and empty fireplace. I'm sure you didn't mean to destroy things. That's why you had me declared unbalanced. Mentally incompetent. Because I didn't mean it. Uh, no! Put down those fire tongs, Roy. Think. Think. Don't do something you'll regret until you die. You should have thought of that before you helped my father die. It's not so. Roy, by all that's holy, I swear to you, your father was too sick to live. No matter what was done for him. How can you think I had anything to do with it? You always liked Uncle John. From the very beginning... I, I saw it as a child. But I never would, never, never when would When I kill you, dearest Gertrude, <laughs> treacherous queen, they will shake their heads and say, Hamlet is no murderer. Poor soul, he is insane, not responsible. So will you perish, dear Gertrude, sometime, mother. But your son Hamlet shall be permitted to live on to a ripe... Old age. Roy, please! Don't! Ah! Open up, Roy. Or we'll break down the door. What? We know you're in there. What? what? Who is Come on, Roy. Open the door. Okay, Jim, Bob, you too, Michael. Give us a hand. One... Do you understand? So I had to kill her. 
I, 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 I had to. It was only justice. My life. Or, or hers. Do you understand? Of course I understand, Roy. I was going to pretend I, 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 I was still insane and get off free. But I can't. But I can't. No, I, I killed her. I, 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 I killed her. Roy, I want you to go along now with Jim and Bob and put all this out of your mind. Everything's going to be all right. Oh, I, I couldn't do that. I have to die now. Don't, you see, I have to die now. I have to pay for what I did. Put it out of my mind. I couldn't. I'd never have a, have a, have a moment's peace. I, I have to die, Horatio. I am dead, Horatio. Wretched queen. Adieu. You that look pale and tremble at this chance. That are but mutes for audience to this act. Had I but time, I... Oh, I could tell you. But... Let it be. Take him out, boy. Let it be. Let it be. Goodbye, dear friends. Goodbye. It's so sad and so terrible, officer. He seems so normal. How did you know? I've been following him all day. What was he talking about killing someone? This place is empty. There's no one here. What is it that Shakespeare says? There's nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Roy Rayburn actually believed he did kill someone right here. And you can see those fire tongs made quite a few dents in the back of that armchair. But why would he do that in a deserted house? The men from the hospital say this is the third time in nine years Rayburn has given them the slip. Each time he comes right out here where he used to live, and each time he goes through the same ritual of murder. You mean his mother's not dead? No. No, she lives with her sister. Nine years ago today, his mother was going to remarry. Roy was one of the wedding guests, naturally. The ceremony to take place right here. And when the clergyman said, if any of you know cause why these two persons should not be joined together, come forth and declare it, Roy Rayburn came forward and said, I declare it. And then and there killed the man who would have been his stepfather. Not with fire tongs. No. Ran him through with the sword he used in Hamlet. Not long afterwards, Roy was committed. What an end to a great actor's life. Can we go back now, officer? My dispatcher will start getting worried. One man in his time plays many parts. So it was with Roy Rayburn. The sorrow and uncertainty he acted as a young student Hamlet, Roy actually suffered in life. As Hamlet, his hands were tied with indecision. In real life, he played the part to the end and had 
his revenge. I shall return shortly. You may feel it's an embarrassing subject, but since one out of every three people suffers hemorrhoid symptoms at some time, you should know about Preparation H. Preparation H gives prompt, temporary relief from occasional pain and itch in many cases. But Preparation H does more. Actually helps shrink swelling of hemorrhoidal tissues caused by inflammation. With so many having the problem, it's comforting to know that Preparation H helps shrink swelling of hemorrhoidal tissues. Ointment or suppositories. Use only as directed. This is Helen Van Slyke. I wrote The Heart Listens and The Mixed Blessing. My newest paperback, The Best Place to Be, is the heartwarming story of Sheila Callahan. Widowed after 27 years of marriage, she suddenly faces a single life. From a tragic affair with a younger man to the ultimate understanding of herself and her children, Sheila experiences the emotions millions of women will recognize. I hope you'll like The Best Place to Be from Popular Library. Heartburn sufferers, all antacids are not alike. Digel is different. You see, trapped gas often churns up with excess stomach acid. That's misery. Plain antacids have nothing to relieve this problem. But Digel adds a special anti-gas medicine to its soothing antacids. This Digel difference means trapped gas breaks up fast as Digel relieves heartburn fast. So get more complete relief. Get the Digel difference. Use only as directed when needed. Digel. This is Danny Thomas. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is the only institution in the world dedicated solely to conquering childhood cancer and other deadly diseases that strike children. Advances made there are now saving children everywhere, not just in our country, but all over the world. St. Jude has made giant strides, but we've really only just begun to unravel these deadly mysteries. Please help when you're asked or write to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Memphis, Tennessee, for further information. is that fine line between art and life, make-believe and reality, between fact and dream, truth and nightmare. Is it true, as Hamlet himself says, there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So ends our tale of an actor who held the mirror up to nature, saw himself with motive, costume, and weapon, and believed he was the character he played. Our cast included Fred Gwynn, Ann Petoniak, Robert Dryden, and Court Benson. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Sinoff, the Sinus Medicines, and Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant... 